0: About the it's a classic that I want to talk about today for a couple minutes. Uh, Away in a manger. anybody ever heard that song? Away in a manger. It's a it's a beautiful song, and. The song was first published in, uh, in a Lutheran Sunday School curriculum in the year 1885. And there's, uh, if you do some research about the song, there's a lot of controversy. Some people believe that it was written by Martin Luther, the great uh, Reformationist. And um, other people believe that's not actually who wrote it. Um, but, so there's a lot of mystery around where the song actually came from. But it is an amazing song. And if you know it, you, you know the words, I'm not going to sing today. Uh, because last week I sang and apparently it was recorded. Uh, no, I, I knew it was recorded. I'm just teasing. Uh, but away in a manger, no crib for his bed, the little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The stars in the sky looked down where he lay, the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. There's something I I think that's very magical, it's very uh, powerful when it comes to imagining Jesus being born. The whole story, the virgin birth, the moving, you know, the spirit, the Bible says the spirit moves on Mary and conceives. And God strips himself of his royalty his godly eternal nature and comes to the lowest of places showing us that no no one is ever too low for god's grace that was his point but there is a phrase that's used over and over in that song and i want to focus on that and i, I hope that when you hear it in, in the future that it will it, it will minister to you and, and bring you back to this moment um, but that phrase is the little lord jesus the little Lord Jesus. And I, I like that phrase, but unfortunately in some ways uh, a lot of people think that he's just the, the little Lord Jesus, but he's not the six pounds, eight ounces baby that Mary birthed. That's not really, I mean that is who he was, but that's not who he is to us. There's so much more that God intended Jesus to be than just that child in that manger. And, and by the way, welcome to Snowflake County today. They did a great job decorating. And, um, but a, a lot of people get lost on the, the baby Jesus. And, and I don't want to lose the focus of who he really is. I want to focus on the Lordship of Christ. Because he came as a baby, but that's not who he stayed. That's not who he remained. Jesus is Lord. In fact, seven hundred and forty times in the New Testament, it ref- the New Testament refers to Jesus as Lord. Seven 740- hundred Forty times, and I want to I look at one of those classic verses, one of the most classic uh, portions of Scripture in Luke's gospel ever uh, that deals with exactly who Jesus is. Okay, First, let's look at, uh, let's look at the, the announcement of Jesus' coming. In Luke chapter 2, uh, just for a little bit of context here, uh, the shepherds are watching their flock at night. The angel of the Lord appears, and uh, he tells them, he says, Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Because if you were out in the field and all of a sudden a heavenly host of angels appeared singing in the sky, it would probably strike fear into your heart too. And he said, do not be afraid. I've got good news for you. I bring you good news. It's going to bring great joy to all people. Today in the town of David is born a Savior for you. And this is something that they have been waiting for. They've been waiting for centuries for their Messiah to come. And and, and I'm sure their question was, well, who is this Savior? Who is this baby? It is Christ the Lord. And if you haven't been here through our uh, through our better disciples together series on that we've been doing on Wednesday nights throughout the all year um, it, we we focused on at one point the lordship of Christ and and I had to break some people's hearts and really mess up their theology when I informed them that Christ was not Jesus's last name. He is Jesus the Christ. It wasn't it was it's not like Christ was Joseph's last name. That would have been that yeah, would have been very convenient, but that's not the way that it works. But he is Jesus, our Christ, our Savior. And at the very beginning of the story, it's established that Jesus is born the Son of God. He is the Savior of the world. The angel's announcement was unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. He is Christ the Lord. And the big question when we look at this today is, well, what does that really mean? If Jesus is Lord, then what does that mean in my everyday life? If Jesus is Lord, what does that mean for my marriage? If I'm married, if I'm if I'm single, what does that mean for me? If I'm dating, if I'm, you know, if I'm in college right now and I'm I'm doing finishing my finals and getting ready for winter break. What does it mean that Jesus is Lord? while we while we're out buying presents. Anybody went Christmas shopping yesterday? Anybody? Nobody, one person. Man, some of you you guys got 10 days left. You better get on it. The stores are not going to get less busy. We went to a couple of stores yesterday. I stayed in the car. I did the the proper husbandly thing to do, stay in the car. Thankfully, yeah, thankfully two of the kids were asleep and I was like, this is perfect. I don't even need an excuse to stay in the car today. But what does it mean if we're out buying gifts that Jesus is Lord? What does that what does it mean? What, what does that mean to us? I want you to understand something. The Greek word that is translated Lord is a word kurios. And that word means supreme in authority. It means controller. It means Lord. Lord, controller. Now, I can imagine when I say that word controller that some of you have an issue with that because if Jesus is Lord and the controller of your life, then he probably has competition in you because you want to be the controller. Now, I don't have a problem with that. As long as everything goes my way, as long as everyone does what I tell them to do, I have no problem with control. Come on, that's a lie. It's that we all struggle with that. There are some people in here, you can't even ride in the passenger seat of a car because you got to be in control. I'm one of them. I don't like, I, I hate riding the passenger seat of a car. It is the most awkward thing ever. I feel like I'm in England and there should be a steering wheel on this side of the car. But, or, or, here, here's a good one. And, uh, and maybe, maybe you can identify with this one. How about the television remote? Oh yeah! Don't touch the remote. Don't that you talk about giving control? You know how much power you put in somebody's hand when you put the remote control to the television set in their hand. That's a lot of power. And and we we want to man. We want control. We want control. I want it to be done my way. Some of you guys, some some people are going to struggle with this in just a few days because you've got it in your mind what Christmas morning is going to look like. The kids are going to come down with their teeth brushed and their hair combed, and it's going to be the photographic moment that you've waited for since last Christmas. It's probably not going to happen that way. I was, I was thinking this morning, uh, a few years ago, we bought the girls these, um, these bow and arrow things and, uh, for Christmas, and uh, Reagan, Reagan opens that little bow and arrow. It's so cute. I got it on video. I wish I wanted to play it today, but, you know, we got that. Uh, but, but Reagan opens up that bow and arrow, and she gets this look on her face. She turns to Shauna. She's got her, her little beautiful hair hanging down over the front of her face. And she said, Mommy, it's a boy thing. <laughs> it was so, so funny. She, she just associated that with it's, it's a boy thing. And, and maybe you've got that in your mind that this Christmas morning is going to be perfect. That, you know, the kids are going to come down and everybody's going to be in a good mood. I don't care how perfect your house is. There's one person in your house. That no matter how late you let them sleep, is still grumpy when it comes time to open gifts. Somebody, okay, maybe it's just our house. Maybe it's just my house. And sometimes, sometimes it's not even the kids who are grumpy, sometimes it's the adults who are grumpy, right? Because it's, it's not all perfect. We want it to be perfect, but it's not. We want control. We've got our list. How many of you are list makers? Anybody list makers? List makers. Don't mess with the list maker's list. Some people make lists, forget their list, and when they come back, they cross off their list anyway. Right? Because they want that feeling of, oh, I got that done. I got that done. I like to make my list on my phone, so it's always with me. But it does feel good every now and again to actually write down a list. But don't mess with the list maker's list. We want it to be perfect. All right, well, uh, that's really what's, what's going on. You know, you're, we want it to be perfect. But what does it mean if Jesus is supreme in authority, if he is controller, if he is Lord? What does that mean? If I can be technical for a moment, and, and I don't want to make anybody feel bad, uh, but technically you don't make Jesus Lord at all. He already is. You don't make him Lord. He already is Lord. We don't make him Lord. We simply submit ourselves to his Lordship. We surrender to what already is. We don't make him Lord. He already is Lord. We just surrender our lives to his Lordship. We can't make him Lord. We surrender to his Lordship. And, and here's the here's the deal. We There's a lot of people that are living partially surrendered lives. The partially surrendered life. And I'm very afraid um, that we're that a majority of Christians in America at least, uh, I can't speak for the rest of the world, I can speak for right here, but the majority of Christians uh, I would call casual Christians or cultural Christians. In fact, there's, there's a book out that you can read, it's called The Christian Atheist. It's about people who know that God is there, but live like he really doesn't exist. They're they're living a partially surrendered life. In Luke chapter 6 and 46, Jesus is talking about the wise builder who built his his, his house on the rock. And the unwise or the foolish builder who built his house on the sand and the winds come, and the storm comes, and the flood comes, and the house on the rock stands, and the house on the sand is destroyed. And Jesus says in Luke 6 and 46, he's talking to his disciples. He said, and why call ye me Lord, Lord? Okay, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And then he follows it up with this question. And do not the things which I say. Why do you call me Lord, but then don't listen to what I tell you. Why do you give why do you call me the Lord of your life, but don't live your life according to His word? Why do you do that? Why? Uh, why would you say that? Look, God does not want lip service. And we're good at that. We're good at lip service. Jesus doesn't want lip service. Jesus wants life service. He wants a life service. He says, I don't want a bunch of talk. I don't need a bunch of talk. I want you to walk the way that I've told you to walk. I want you to live this life. Why? Jesus says, this is not a game. Why do you call me Lord and then do the exact opposite of what I'm asking you to do? You're like the man who had all the right building skills but built his house on the sand. And when the storms came and the flood came, you didn't get it right, and the houses is completely co- collapsed. I want to read a, a scripture here, Proverbs 3, verse, uh, verses 5 and 6, and I'm going to read it in the, in the PSV version. That's the partially surrendered version. Okay, are you ready? Here we go. Partially surrendered version of Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with some of your heart. And lean on your own understanding. And in some of your ways, acknowledge him, and you can direct your own path. Doesn't that sound good? That sounds that sound like a plan right there. That sounds like exactly what I want. I can make all my own path straight. All I got to do is put some of my trust in him, but I can still lean on my own understanding, man. And, and let's be honest today, our own understanding is messed up. Because we don't understand everything at all times. We live a partially, people live a partially surrendered life. But we need to be, we need to live a fully surrendered life. We need to be fully surrendered Christians. Why? To His Lordship. Fully surrendered. All in. Not, the, not some kind of, of Sunday Christian. Not, not, not when it's convenient. But and not, not just a, a, you know, a, a God bless America kind of Christian, but a kind of Christian that is all in all that kind of full on, holding nothing back. My life does not belong to me, but it belongs to, belongs to him kind of commitment. That's the kind of surrendered life that Jesus requires of us. In fact, I think it's great. Paul says this in Romans 14, 17 and eight, or, I'm sorry, 7 and 8, verse 7, he says, for none of us liveth to himself, And no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live therefore or die. Paul says, we are the Lord's. We belong to Him. Whether we live, whether we die, we belong to Him. Now I'm going to ask you a question. How many of you are living? All right, about half of us pray for a resurrection power before the end of the service is over. How many are living? All right, there's a few more. we still got a couple ghosts in the house, corpses, but we'll, we'll, we'll survive. We're living. So if we are living, then who do we live to honor? The Lord. We live to honor the Lord. That's the whole, our whole purpose. You see, the Lord, the kurios, the supreme in authority, we live to honor the Lord. And if we die, it is to honor the Lord. So whether we live or whether we die, Paul said it doesn't matter if you're living or if you have died. You belong to the Lord. One place in Scripture it says we belong to Him because He purchased us with His own blood. We belong to Him. Thinking about thinking about today, uh, the, the, I, I've done a, like two weddings recently in the last month or so, and uh, more than I've done in a, ever in two months. And, uh, and I was thinking about the ring ceremony this morning. And, uh, you know, when you put that ring, when that man puts that ring on that wife or that bride, and that bride puts that ring on that groom, Culturally, in our culture, that literally means that we belong to each other. We belong to each other. Now, there, there might be some people in here uh, that you don't wear your you don't wear a wedding ring, or, or you don't uh, you don't like to wear a wedding ring. I'm gonna be honest with you. You know, mine is mine is made of rubber. Right? Mine's made of rubber. Doesn't make it any less meaningful in my mind. I take it off all the time. I still belong to her, and she still belongs to me. We were on vacation uh, this past summer, and we were sitting in the hotel, and um, all of a sudden, my wife screams. She yells, "My ring!" And she had she had lost the the diamond out of her out of her engagement ring. I think I was more upset than she was because <laughs> I sacrificed for that ring. At the time, that was the most, I, I had bought cars that cost less than that ring at that time in my life. And, and, and I was, man, I was tearing the hotel room apart. I was flipping mattresses. I was checking the drain in the bathtub. I was checking everywhere because there was, there was value there. You know what? We belong to him. When you repent of your sins, when you are baptized, you take on his name. The Bible says you become a new creature. It says you put on Christ. You know what that means? That means you, you, you belong to him from that moment forward. He puts his spirit inside of you. You belong to him. You, you, you might not wear a ring, but you belong to the Lord. That's why Paul said, if we live, we live to honor him. If we die, we die to honor him. But the basis is, is that we belong to him. We belong to him, his lordship. We submit to it. So let me read Proverbs chapter 3. 5 and 6 in the real version, not the PSV. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto, unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Verse number six, he says, in all thy ways acknowledge him. That word acknowledge, I'm not really a big fan of the way it's translated into English. In the Hebrew uh, language, it's actually the word yada, which means to know. It's the same word that's used in Genesis when the Bible says that Adam knew or knew his wife Eve. That means in a physical context. Adam knew Eve and and she conceived. The same word translated there is this word that's translated into acknowledge. So really we could read it this way. In all your ways know him and he will make your path straight and he will direct your paths. Here's the bottom line. The reason that so many of us don't surrender some areas of our life to him and submit to the lordship of Jesus is because we don't know him in those areas of our lives. Furthermore, it's not maybe that we don't know him, it's that we don't give him access to those areas of our lives. I need to give him access. That's the bottom line. To him, to know him is to love him. To know Him is to love Him. To know Him is to trust Him and to surrender to Him. Because if you know Him, you know that He is an ever-present help, that He is all-knowing, that He is all-powerful, that He is mighty, that He's holy and set apart. So uh, He is so holy that mortal man can't even look upon Him. And, And even in our pursuit to live like Him, we can't even get close but to know Him is to surrender to Him. Amen. To know Him is to surrender to Him because He is the reigning, ruling King of everything. I like some of the words that we use to describe the Lord. Omnipresent, always there. Omnipotent, all-powerful. Omniscient, all-knowing. He's everything. He, the, I, 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 I like that one, one scripture that says, for in Him... We live and breathe and have our being for in him. Why? Because he consumes it all. It's all him. And it's not just that he is this great supreme, you know, the, the mighty, wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the prince of peace, the everlasting father. It's that he is also a relational God. He is a relational God. That's why the Bible says he came with, under the name the title of Emmanuel to be God with us because his desire was to reveal himself to us. God with us, Emmanuel. He wants to reveal himself to us. And we sing, away in a manger. The little Lord Jesus laid down his sweet head. The little Lord Jesus. Here's what I want to encourage all of us today is to let him be the Lord of your life. In every area, surrender. I know it's the kids' program, and we're going to laugh, and we're going to, maybe you, you might cry because your child just destroys their little part today. And I, and I mean destroy in a good way. They just get up here and kill it. Why do we use those words to describe something good? Destroy, kill, that don't make no sense. They get up here and do awesome. There we go. And, and you're going you're to be so proud. You're going to puff your chest up and say, that's, that's my child right there. Remember why they're up here? They're up here worshiping him. And they know that. They, they absolutely 100% know that. It's us that forget it sometimes. It's us that forget us. Let him be Lord of your life. Not just today, but every day. Right after Paul wrote, if we live, we're his. If we die, we're his. Whether we live or die, he says, we belong to him. In Romans chapter 14, in Romans 14 and 11, he says this. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. Every knee. Here's the deal. You may be living a partially surrendered life right now, but at some point, you will bow your knee and acknowledge His Lordship and be in complete submission and surrender to Him, but by then it might be too late for you. Surrender to Him. Surrender your life to him completely. Give it all to him today. Because he's not just the little Lord Jesus in the manger. He is the Lord of all. Let's stand this morning. I told you I was only going to teach for a couple minutes.